0: Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today I have my friend, Elaine, all the way from St. Louis, and actually we just recently became friends and got acquainted with each other and uh, we both were at the Nashville show and uh, we shared a lot of the same uh, viewpoints that we're going to talk about in this episode. Uh, In this episode, we are going to talk about the overall tour, the April 2022 tour, which I have a lot to say and uh everything that i say is you know how i truly feel and uh but we'll begin elaine how you doing
1: i'm good how are you jerry
0: good 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 so before we get started i always like to ask my guests you know how did you become a, a fan a bon jovi fan
1: runaway came out right at the end of my high school years and my friends and i fell in love with the song and then way before your time you used to buy line tickets to buy concert tickets and i went to the slippery tour in 87 and we stayed out all night long waiting for those line tickets and after that show i've never missed another st louis show and other shows too so
0: i know it may sound crazy but i wish i was alive back then to have experienced waiting in line camping out overnight for tickets and stuff i get i mean i guess in a way it'd be pretty crazy to do and you know like
1: yeah it's pretty amazing how what we do now you just get yeah. online and that's it you know
0: <laughs> the pre-sale stress yes well uh let's get into it so um obviously the band did, they did 15 dates here in april and uh i absolutely 100 percent loved the tour i thought it was a lot of fun you know with i haven't seen the full band since 2018-19 Uh, On this house is not for sale tour and I've seen John a couple times in between that, you know after the You know in the last year, but uh, not the whole band So it was finally it was so good to finally see the band Again on stage. It was so good to be in an arena filled with other diehard fans with other fans with my other Bon Jovi friends and, and and all that so it was very very freeing in a way to finally be able to see that again knowing that you know we're pretty much out of this pandemic and they were willing to tour for this short amount of time um you know just as i said in my previous episode you know this tour that john had mentioned in nashville this tour was just a way for them to see if they could still do it and uh, i think they still got it yeah i I
1: agree with you
0: You know, so we're going to talk about a lot of things. You know, we're going to talk about the tour. We're going to talk about the announcement of it, the rehearsal, John's voice, which is a big thing, um, COVID, and the list goes on. But um, overall, what did you think of the tour itself?
1: I loved it. This is the first time I've done three shows on a tour, and I love the fact that I got to see the acoustic, I got to see him come up in the crowd which is always my favorite and what was neat for me is the first show that I saw in Charlotte That was where he did the acoustic but I brought a friend with me who has never been to a Bon Jovi show and she said that she knew that I wanted to experience sitting up close and doing a VIP which I'd never done to this tour either and she loved it and she didn't even know Bon Jovi to compare a voice or whatever she had the best time she was she went and bought cds after the show and said it was just the best experience you know yeah. and then you know to go in st louis and not do any sort of vip and just sit on the side and take it all in from the stand you know on the side and then to do the third vip and be part of a last show i will never probably not do a last show again because it was just
0: so amazing oh uh, you gotta keep doing the i always say the opening and the last night of the show of the tour is the best
1: but you know I, and I think you and I discussed it, until I had cancer, I didn't start doing things. You know, I kept thinking, well, I gotta save for this. Now I do save, but I've supplemented to do that and I've just made it a priority. And it, it just, uh, and the people I've met along the way, I mean, it's like my friends think, oh my God, she's going to see Bon Jovi again. And to meet you and like, it's like second nature, you know, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, what? You didn't go to a show, you know?
0: It, exactly, you know, it's it's funny because I was I was just saying this the other day, When we were in Nashville, I I said, You know, it's almost what you just said is equivalent to, you know, when we get home from a show, perfect example was today. You know, people, you know, my friends, my colleague, and everyone here, I was like, How was the show? And I'm like, Good, but then this this happened, and John did, I'll be there for you. And it was so emotional. And like, you know, my friends are always like, I don't care. I just wanted to hear that it was good. But you and me, or all all of my other Bon Jovi friends online, Want to actually hear how it was and all the extra stuff, and you know they're actually they actually care. So it's nice that we have a group like that where we can talk to each other with our excitement. Because I come home here, no one wants to hear. Even my own wife is tired of me hearing about this. (laughs) She's (laughs) a saint. (laughs) I uh, she is. I've chimed in her ear all weekend about how incredible Nashville was, and she goes, "Yeah, you told me five hundred times." But
1: you kind of have to take a little while to come off your high.
0: Exactly. So let's all right, So let's get into it. So um, I want to praise the tour a little more. You know, I thought the band was just incredible. Um, you know, they sounded great. Their energy was just off the wall. I the thing that I have noticed between the shows that I did, um, you know, I did Milwaukee rally and Nashville. But even with me doing my updates on Twitter and just watching overall videos. You could tell that band was 100% happy to be back that on stage I, in front of fans. And they were just having the time of their lives. But,
1: well, that is one takeaway I got from every show that was consistent. You could feel the love between the band members. You could see that they were so happy. I mean, it was genuine. I mean, it was just that genuine. incredible. It, yeah. That was, you know, like, I think Charlotte, he did 21. So they did 21 songs. St. Louis, they did 23. So we got the bonus uh, encore and people who don't know, like from Bon Jovi, when, when John like slunk off stage or what it faded out, everybody was like, all the comments online was he okay. He left the stage. Well, he did it intentionally. And I just felt so lucky to have seen that. And he, when he was in St. Louis like you know they had the big you could see the emotion in his face i thought there were tears in his eyes i thought that man is so happy to be out here doing what he wants to to be there for his fans
0: the 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 sad part is this tour john was under so much scrutiny you know which we'll get into here but he was under so much scrutiny for whatever did whatever whether it was you know um his voice lip-syncing leaving the stage and this and that you know a lot of people don't realize that John used to do the way that he left the stage, you know, with this ain't a Love Song" on These Days Tour.
1: Yes, yes.
0: He, so, but we'll, we'll get into all that. One thing that I was really impressed by on this tour, and it made me realize, you know, I became a fan in 2000. I was eight years old, and I was one of those It's My Life Generations, where it's my life and crush started the whole generation of fans, young fans like me. And I realized on this tour that I'm no longer that new generation there's actually a new generation now of fans and I I don't even know what to call them I, I, I'd like to call them legacy fans you know like I call myself the new generation of crush, crush fans if that makes any sense the the new I mean, there's teen I saw so many I even met a few teenagers that are seeing the band for the first time because of their legacy. So that's why I call them the legacy fans. That's just my little word for it. But like they were so happy to be able to see the band because they were like, oh my gosh, with the pandemic, I didn't think I was ever going to get to see them. So it was great that these kids, you know, like I said, I ran into this one teenager, and then after the show I saw her again and she was like, wow, that's like one of the best shows I've ever seen better than videos, better than what I was told and blah, blah, blah. So it's great that kids are given that chance now to see the band still.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's because they keep themselves current.
0: Exactly. Yeah. They're,
1: they're promoting new albums. And when mm-hmm. I was in St. Louis, there was a 10-year-old little boy behind me. I asked him how old he was. He knew every song, every word to every song. I was like, are you kidding me? You're 10.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, another thing I wanted to say about the tour, too, is that it was so good to not only to see my favorite band on stage again, but to also see all of my bon jovi friends uh, and making new ones like you you know it, it felt so good to be able to see everyone again you know because every oh. tour i see a lot of the same people and then i meet new people meet new friends and that was another highlight for me which is being able to be with my friends and talk about bon jovi nonstop all day you know my wife jokes she's like i don't have to hear it all day you can talk about it with everyone else <laughs> so yeah. But, um, well, let's get into, you know, my list here. So the next one is, oh, you blacked out there for a second. Um, So the announcement came back in January. So this is a pretty shortly announced tour. You know, the announcement came at the end of January and um, JBJ Experience members got to uh, get the announcement first and the dates first. Obviously we live in a social media world, so you know, at 10 o'clock at night, the dates were out on the experience and 10 one, the dates were on right, right. And Instagram and Facebook and you're like, well, if you were there at 10 o'clock, you got the announcement first. But, um, and then I remember like my wife was sleeping and I, I knew the announcement was coming. And uh, I woke her up, I was like, okay, we're gonna do this day, we're gonna do this day. And, like I'm starting to plan, I'm starting to look, you know, for flights and and yeah, yeah you know, just planning, I'm talking with my other Bon Jovi friends. And I was up until like two, three in the morning, planning things and, yeah, it was, it was, you know, fine, um, you know, so then, you know, we had that two months of hype and uh, well, let me ask you. So did you, were you up when the announcer first? Are you an experienced member? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So did you see the announcement right at 10 o'clock?
1: I did, and and then my phone started blowing up with people that are not like you said that saw it on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear?" I so said, "Like, it, I laugh because do people not think I would know that?"
0: You know. Yeah, yeah, because I remember Matt. I was I was like falling asleep, and I remember Matt was tweeting about you know. Hey, special or something about? Oh was, yeah,
1: he always does his cryptic tweets. <laughs>
0: yeah, and we know it. Was, we knew it was the tour because the band had been teasing it all that week and uh, of so, itself. And I remember, I I, st- like, I was so tired, but then as soon as that tweet came, I was like, "I'm up, I'm ready." And uh, so, and so anyway, so fast forward two months later, so the band rehearsed uh, for almost a, a, a solid month um, at a at an arena over in New York, New Jersey and uh they rehearsed for about a month you know getting the the show put together and stuff and uh i the the biggest excitement that i had for during rehearsals when the band posted them doing an acoustic well they didn't tell you it was an acoustic set but fans like you and i and all the other diehards we know when it's it's going to be an acoustic set you know we saw tico with his you know thing and Dave with the accordion and those two things alone you know gave it away um and so we'll get into the acoustic set later on here. But um, one thing that um, made me even more excited, which we'll get more into later on, was the teasing of some of the deep tracks. You know, there were some interviews and stuff where they said that they were going to be playing some really deep. And this will be my this will be my one very few gripes on this is we didn't get those deep tracks. And I know some of the songs that were actually going to get well they were rehearsed but they didn't get played but uh we'll get into that he, um here actually make a note of that later on um so what, what all overall what did you think of the rehearsals and and all that
1: Um, I, it just made me excited, you know, Uh, I mean, and like you said, the deep tracks, I actually went through uh, like all the different albums and picked out like the songs that I would hope for them to play, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I'm glad they played radio. I think that's just fun and, you know, sing along. but there were a lot that I would have liked. I know that. Yeah. Runaway is like hasn't been played in years, hardly, because it's a struggle. So, you know, I've, I've come to terms with that, but I do have a list that I wish that I would have heard. You know, I, I love always, yeah. you know, I, I've got a whole list that I yeah.
0: wish. Yeah, you know, I was honestly surprised that Runaway didn't even make it in once. It wasn't an audible. It was never. It was, I'm sure it was thought about, but it was never put into motion. Um, You know since we're talking about deep tracks here you know there was 20 25 songs that they actually were deep tracks and that they were going to pull out and and play and we didn't get any but like you said radio i was so surprised and thankful that that song was a staple every single night
1: yeah well and and just like you when you go to multiple shows you want them to check you know you hear you want to and and i know he i'm guessing the reason he they didn't do bed of roses is because that's when he pulls a woman up and they do the thing and and i get why you know i mean he came up in the audience because it was the last show and god forbid he did get COVID, he's done you know exactly but i do love that song and i love the way he does it and i mean in and out of love i would have loved to have heard i mean there's just you know
0: it's you know (sighs) A lot of, you know, we've we we we've been so spoiled by Bon Jovi over the last 40 years with unpredictable set lists. You didn't know what they were going to open up with. You didn't know what how many encores you got, how many songs you got, what songs you were going to get. Because John would always change it up. But, you know, within the last, you know, this house tour and then this tour, it's pretty much 95% the same set list every night. And so I think as diehards, you know, going to multiple shows, we want to see that changed up. We want to see other deep stuff. But, you know, with Omaha as, you know, open a night, I was so excited because you didn't know what was coming. And I was so happy that radio, I was not expecting radio to get played at all. and uh, And let alone being a staple every night. And it did so well with the crowd too, you know, because it's not only a deep track, it's also an outtake. Right. You know? And it was put on, obviously, it's on the box set and all that. But you, I, I could be wrong, but not a lot of the general fans know what Radio Save My Life Tonight is. You know, maybe the more deeper fan, or like obviously the diehards know it, but Joe Schmill off the street doesn't know what Radio Save My Life Tonight is. So to see that, played every single night was honestly really cool. Um you know, Loves the Only Rule. That got played twice and unfortunately got taken off, but I thought that was a great encore song.
1: And I'm sorry I missed Story of Love. That's one of my new favorite songs. So I
0: just I'll get to gloat about that one because I got to see Story I know you did. And, <laughs> and in like, his like arms, lay your stage. hands
1: on me, never say goodbye. Those are some of my, you know.
0: Yeah. And um so I'm trying to think the, you know, the other ones. Other than that, we really didn't get, I mean, we got just older, uh, which yeah. I was, I really enjoyed, you know, with the whole sha-la-la. And you know uh, what
1: else I noticed? Like, he didn't do it in Nashville, but what he did do in St. Louis, you know, when he says, tell Coach T that I cut my hair, in St. Louis, he said, I still have my hair.
0: Yeah, yeah, He he's pretty much done that, oh, pretty much, the last few tours. I've got my hair, I, I yeah. have my hair. There was a few shows on this tour that he actually sang the original lyric. I cut my hair, so I kind of I kind of like that.
1: He did. I thought he did that in Nashville.
0: I think he may have. I didn't. Because I it.
1: look for it now, so yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm like, i am like,
0: You know, but the addition of the Sha La La, I really liked. Yeah. Um, you know, but other than that, you know, we didn't get many more deep tracks than that. You know, my other gripe with this tour was. It's no secret that next year they're planning a huge 40th anniversary tour. You know, Tico's mentioned it. Other band members have put it out there. So it's, it's not a secret. So this tour, this 15-month tour, could have been a perfect way to change up the set list every night, try out different songs, and see how those songs would react with the crowd. Okay, for example, you mentioned in and out of Love. Play in and out of Love. See how the crowd reacts to it and then say, hey, this might actually work for next year's tour, you know, kind of gamble with songs and just say, hey, we haven't played this in years, let's see how it sounds, the crowd reaction, maybe we'll play it next year on this big world world tour. You know, so I think that was another missed opportunity with this tour, instead of just doing the same songs every night, change it up a lot and throw out different songs that you want to play. And, you know, I would have been happy with that. You know, so that's one of my little uh, rants is that, Um, let's go into the the big one here, John's voice. So me personally, I, I think there's so much hate out there right now. And and let, let me back up. I will respect everyone's opinion. You know, I, I, I know John's voice isn't perfect right now and I don't expect it to be. The thing is, vocal cords are the size of your thumbnail, just about. And so when you're, especially at his stature for 40 years, singing almost every night and these long lengthy tours and then playing back to back. For example, you and me, when we go to a show, obviously we're not professional singers, so we don't know how to train our voice, but our voices are so sore after the show and the next day, John has to go to the next city and perform again so people don't realize that your vocal cords take strain every day every day especially when you're singing every night
1: well unfortunately the haters they've been bashing his voice since 87 i mean you know it's just people are just cruel
0: now i i don't want to use the term haters I, I I do think there are now there are some negative people out there that just hate the band and will criticize John for everything he does. I'll call those people haters, but the people that I'm pretty much referring to are actual fans. i There are some fans out there that you know do bash them, but I do think that they come from a place of sincerity, most of them, most of them and and they care and. They notice that there's a problem. Yeah. So there are fans out there that do care and are acknowledging what's happening. Me personally, I, I, I still think John sounds great. I think he sounds incredible. I think um I know there are some vocal issues. I I know he's having trouble, you know, going along. Um I'm just trying, I'm trying to find the way perfect way to say this.
1: Well, and don't you think that some people that are judging are judging based off a cell phone that you and I record rather than being there because I listened to my phone when I leave there and I'm like, he did not sound this bad. It sounded wonderful in person, you know,
0: so exactly. you know, the, the the thing is, is he hasn't been doing this in two and a half years, you know, so for him to kind of get back into the realm of touring every night and and the, you know the, one of the things that one of the reasons why they did a whole month rehearsal was they were practicing that set schedule they were you know playing two night or rehearsal for two days and then they would take a day break they'd go back in for another day or two you know kind of act like they were touring and so that kind of you know that could have also hurt him a little bit too was overuse of his voice you know who knows how he sounded during rehearsals but
1: well, they typically don't rehearse that long.
0: Yeah, and so yeah, you know, he said in an interview too that they they've never rehearsed this long. They'll go yeah. into the studio and and play for a few days before the tour, but that was it.
1: Don't you think, from show to show, that he improved each show?
0: I absolutely, a hundred percent. I I I will say that I think Dallas and Nashville were the best shows of the tour, as far as his, his voice goes, energy, and just every. I mean. I truly, truly think that if this tour was to continue this month, if Nashville wasn't the last show and they, they still had 20 more dates, I bet you there'd be less and less negative reviews. Well, and I, I think
1: thought St. Louis had, I mean, it wasn't like a stellar review, but it wasn't that bad. So I thought it was like in St. Louis, you you know, I mean, he continued to sing two more songs. So
0: Yeah. So, and so... I don't ever expect John to sound like he used to. I, a lot of people are saying, "Well, he sounds terrible." But, but he he doesn't sound terrible. He's, he's he he knows how to work his voice, and he knows what he can and can't do. Um. But you know, for me personally, I, I I like what I hear. You know, so as I said, I respect every other fan's opinion. Uh, and key word is fan. Not the, not the critics out there who aren't fans, not the Joe Schmo officer who doesn't like Bon Jovi to begin with. I'm talking about I respect other fans' opinions because they're fans, they come from a sincere place, and they do care about John. And, you know, I, I see the struggle. I do. I see John struggling. I see John having a tough time here and there. At the same time, too, I think he still sounds great. I think... You know his energy i'm just happy to see them again because my whole train of thought is one day we're not going to have this anymore we're not going to no. be able to see bon jovi on a stage again we're not going to see we're not going we're not going to see all this anymore you know so as i tell myself and other friends enjoy it while it's here because one day it's not it, it takes me back to the whole generation thing the the teenagers or the young people who want to still see the band, they don't care about John's voice. They care about just being able to still see them again. You know, we're never gonna have the slippery When at Bon Jovi ever again. But the band is still so good. John is still so good. You know, you just, uh, my, my, my thing is, you take the good with the bad. You, I you thought that band the sounded
1: bad. better than ever.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, too, and I think this is be- to help John's voice a little bit, the band was a little louder on this tour, too. I noticed, like, you could hear David a lot more on this tour compared to previous tours. Um, so, I like that, too. Another Now, the, the big thing here is the whole lip sync thing. You know, that, that whole speculation. When that, John was, I'm pretty sure it was sick at the time and whether i'm not saying it was lip synced i'm not saying it wasn't in houston In in houston you know if he was sick which i think he was because that day he also got iv therapy and you know through the grapevine i've heard he was sick so he still went out on on stage and still performed and if you watch that show i mean i've watched so many videos in different angles he was definitely not feeling himself because you could tell there was times that he was pointing at his throat. He couldn't um, hit certain lines. You know, he would, you know, stop singing for a second and then get back into it. So he was definitely not feeling good. And on top of that, there was all I'm sure John has seen these negative reviews as well. So he's probably thinking, OK, if I if I try singing them in our prayer right now and I know that I'm sick and I, I can't do it. The reviews are just going to be even worse.
1: Well, and so, the way he ended that show, I hope to see you all. You know, that, that was kind of heartbreaking yeah. to hear him say that.
0: Well, you know, the, the the entire show was not lip-synced. And we all know that John doesn't do lip-syncing. Wanted, which was the only encore of that night. And that's another reason why he, he was probably sick was because he did Wanted. And the only reason I think he did Wanted was because a few nights before that, they didn't do Wanted, which we'll get into. So, but he came back out and did wanted, but he didn't do bad medicine or who says he ended it with wanted. So, so my, my, my thing is, is if he was sick, which I think he was, I can justify the lip syncing. You know, you can tell on stage he was embarrassed by it, you know? Oh, I agree. And the whole, the whole keyword here is if. He was. There were moments where he was definitely singing. There, he was definitely talking to the mic, you know. But I remember in the, in the "Live on a Prayer" performance right before there was a recording on YouTube. He has a mic at Tico's uh, stand, and he can talk into it. We can't hear it, but the downstairs crew, the soundboard crew, can. So I don't know if they were setting it up for it to be a lip sync. But you can just tell by the way he was covering his stuff. And like I said, I'm, I'm not being negative about this at all. I well, can, he also
1: had his back to the crowd more yeah, than normal.
0: Yeah. So my guess is I think he was lip syncing. I can justify it though, because he was sick. I don't think he would have been able to do a good job with it when he's already struggling. Now, if he was to do every single night doing that lip syncing and he was feeling just fine, he was lip syncing. That would be I would be outraged with that, as reasonably so, but for but this was the only time that was ever li- if it was lip synced and i can I can justify it because he was sick, you yeah. know is it ideal no i I personally would have wanted him to still try, but you know he i mean he came back out though because then our prayer was played. Then they went out, and then he came back up and didn't want it. and he actually did sing wanted. So
1: Well, I think I agree with you about like John doesn't lip sync, but he also the way I look at it, it was one song and he didn't want to let the fans down with their anthem, you know? Exactly they did not play it.
0: Yeah. So you know, I, I I think it was made out of the thing is especially with critic reviews who aren't even fans, they don't realize all the stuff that gets put into play they did not mention that john was doing iv therapy that day you know an iv therapy you know replenishes your system with nutrients hydration (laughs) Uh, so the critics out there didn't put that in they didn't put in that he was probably sick or was having a hard time throughout the show with his throat they just just all he was lip syncing you know or, or not saying that he or or they wouldn't say that he was singing every other song though but you know that's the thing is the clicks go to the negative reviews yep you know but at the at the end of the day at the end of the tour i i will confidently say i thought john sounded still great this tour maybe not the john bon Joe that we used to know but still an incredible singer i still love watching him sing and another thing is too is i don't go to the shows and and just listen to him sing i like to sing along and it's it's one big party to be able to see your favorite band on stage singing along i'm not sitting there critiquing this and that you know he's also not 20. exactly you know the thing is look at all the other singers that are around his age right now steven tyler struggles here and there vince neal that's no secret uh you know all, all these other artists but every single person is different though you know and john's not purposely going up there and just being lazy about it, he continues to work. I mean, he's got his hot tea. He's got his drinks. He's got his throat spray. He's got all these things that helps him to be the best that he can be. That's all I ask. All I ask is for him to try. That's it. At the end of the day, I'm going to support him. I'm going to... I'm going to enjoy the ride while while we still have it.
1: Yeah, and and what an incredible frontman. I mean his energy and he plays to all sides of the crowd and he makes sure that everybody, you know, knows who the band is and gives them their time on stage yeah. too. I mean, I just think Yeah. The big picture.
0: And and like I said, you know, I want my the people that are watching or listening, I want my opinion respected because I respect Everyone else is, whether it's it's a good opinion or it's a negative opinion. You know I do get where the negative opinions are coming from it. It's like I said from fans. It's an opinion of concern. So I so I, I respect that but not the people that constantly bash him every single chance that they get not those not those people the, the fans who are generally just concerned. But you know, I, I think I think like you said too. I think if this continue, this tour was to continue, I think John would have gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. But it, it also raises concern though for me too, because I, I don't want to see the end of the band. I don't. I want there to be so many more tours and so many more shows. I've been to fifty nine shows, and I want that number to keep going up. I also think if this decline keeps going. I, I do think you know the next year's tour, the you know 23 and 24 tour, is going to be the last as far as touring goes because not the end of the band, but touring, because I don't know how much more John could do, you know, every night, and you know that that's that's for another discussion. But you know, like I said, I'm I'm here for the ride. I'm here to enjoy it i love john i love the band the band has always been there through my dark times i'm gonna do the same as a fan and you know do the good and through the bad so but
1: I, I know what you're saying it's like i can't imagine life without a bon jovi concert
0: you know exactly anything else you want to say about his voice
1: no i i agree with you 100 yeah. percent. i mean i thought he sounded good i had a great time i mean just love love being at every concert
0: yep exactly let's get into some other stuff here so let's talk about obviously this tour happening with the you know COVID around in the pandemic so i have noticed between the beginning of the tour and and now the whole world itself has kind of um changed rapidly with the pandemic in a good way you know obviously we saw The use of masks being used less and less through the world. Airports. I remember going, when I went to Milwaukee and Raleigh, airports, you had to wear a mask. Nashville, you didn't have to wear a mask in the airport, which was, you know, so different. Um, Protocols, you know, the arenas weren't asking for proof anymore vaccination or you didn't have to wear a mask anywhere, you know, I don't remember. I wore my mask to be safe, but I don't remember anyone ever being asked to use a mask or vaccination card. So, but with that in mind, at the start of the tour, they still had to be COVID uh, cautious. Um, Obviously, we know Everett caught COVID. Well, I think it was the Florida shows he was missing, was it? He
1: came back to the Atlanta show, I believe, was his first show back after getting COVID.
0: Yeah. 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 so that had me worried too because that was right in the middle of the tour. So I was worried because well I think there's 15 20 crew members that got covid. The the sad part is no matter how tight of a bubble you're in you you you're, you're, you're going to get exposed to it. So like I said crew members, you know, every show that I went to, I saw crew members everywhere going out in public and you know, eat, which is fine, you know, that's their prerogative. But keep in mind, once you get in front of an infected person, you you infect a hundred other people, and then that those hundred people infect a thousand other. You know, so I think you know these somehow. Some someone got COVID, and it just spread through some of the crew and to the band, and you can't prevent every single tour that's out there right now. Every someone has gotten COVID, and sometimes the shows have been canceled or postponed, whatever. But so I was surprised that no one else in the band got co- got it because yeah. Everett Everett travels with the band, you know. So. And that was
1: yeah. That and so when I bought my first VIP, I did pay for the insurance for fear of me getting it and not, and losing that much money. And I yeah. I didn't do it after that, but I just thought and and I was so careful. I mean, I didn't go anywhere or do anything because I thought I do not want this to mess up me going to the show
0: yeah absolutely i did the same thing with with my stuff but um you know one of the sad things that i missed out i missed with the you know obviously we do vip every tour and ever since the circle tour they've been offering backstage uh tours which i love just being able to see behind the scenes and stuff and being able to go on stage and see the band's equipment and all that they've been doing that every tour since the circle tour Obviously, they couldn't do it this tour because of the pandemic and it being a, exposing people and all that. So I I did miss that. Um, you know, the band w- was pretty cautious. Um, you know, as the tour went on, you you did see more fans meeting the band, mm-hmm. but a lot of them were fans. You know, waiting for them at the hotel and stuff. And I've heard some good stories. And I've heard some bad. Stories. I've heard you know. earlier in the tour, if you know some of the photos that were with fans, the band was wearing a mask and fans were wearing a mask. But I've heard stories where fans who weren't wearing masks would run up to them and and they'd be shrugged off because they, you know, me personally, I'd I'd hate to meet the, not hate to meet the band, but I'd be cautious about to meet the band right now because if any single person, let me back it up if i was a band member if i was john bon jovi i would not want to be exposed to anybody because once you're infected especially if you're john that you're gonna have to cancel at least you know they're doing three to four shows a week so you, you're gonna have to cancel those three or four shows yeah. or postpone them.
1: and also i think once the mandates were lifted they sold more tickets too because Mm-hmm. I've got a friend who is not vaccinated and he's diehard fan. And once I told him the mandates were done, he's like, all right, sign me up, you know, so. Yeah.
0: That's so but overall, I, I think the band and the crew, I think, you know, they, they really did a good job at um, keeping everyone safe. And, you know, I, m- most of the fans, they were respectful when meeting the band and stuff like that. But, you know, there were some fans who just not wearing masks and stuff and trying to run up to them and, and, you know, thing is it, it, it's so hard to, you know, we're all trying to go back to reality and it, it's hard not to want to meet the band and, and interact with people. And I'm sure the, the band feels the same way. We just, we got, we gotta be safe still, you know, cause it's still out there and it, it could cancel the rest of the tour. Um, so let's go, let's get into the show itself. Um, the opener, so what I, I was surprised that they still used the the 2013 audio on this tour. You know, the I, I can't even make the sound effect, but I, I was happy to see that. Um, the the visuals w- weren't as good as I was expecting them to be. Honestly, I mean, it was still cool. The light strobes and the the background a little bit, but I was kind of hoping for a little more. You know? Yeah. Um, but overall, it I was. I, I, mean, I, was just, I really like the visuals with
1: the, this house. Tour, yeah really
0: like. you know, with that curtain coming down yeah even in the my favorite is the circle tour when the the curtain's down and then you see like the band um walking down you know boom 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 you know and then you see mm-hmm. the band walking down in the circle um but it, overall i I, I like the opener I thought it was cool um because I was wondering how they were gonna do that with such a short amount of time between the announcement and the the tour you know what what they were going to do um so so the next thing i want to talk about is we kind of touched base on this too was the pretty much the same set list every night um without repeating what we already said you know i wish there was a lot more uh deep tracks um i was surprised that wanted was left out for a night then that was another uproar if anything that you know not playing wanted but wanted if you look back through even t- tours and tours and tours ago wanted was left out a few times which which does surprise me because it's such a big song that everyone expects to see kind of like prayer bad name and it's my life and, and so forth so but i remember um the uproar that i got a couple weeks ago when they didn't do
1: i saw that also yeah
0: it was it was like, you know, it was every night there was always something, John's voice or lip sync or they didn't play Wanted or John left the stage without saying goodbye and, and just all these things. And and for me personally, I'd be okay if Wanted didn't get played live. I, I like this song, but...
1: Well, like I said, I would have rather heard Bed of Roses than Wanted. I mean, just yeah. personal preference. I, I, and, I,
0: I could and maybe I, a million songs I'd rather hear than Wanted. Yeah. I'm not saying Wanted is a bad song. I, I like Wanted. I just don't care to see it live every single night. Uh, It's funny enough because I was actually jamming to Wanted tonight. I was listening to uh, the live version from Japan 2002, the promo concert for Bounce. So I was actually jamming that tonight, but I really listened to Wanted though, you know? So, but hey, it is what it is. Another thing I wish they would have done with the set list is, you know, instead of doing the same set list, I think some songs could have been interchanged, you know, like songs like um just older, whole lot of leaving, Lost Highway, Who Says You Can't Go Home. They could have swapped those songs every night for different ones like, you know, Because We Can, That's What the Water Made Me. Um just just different songs that could, you know, work. Um, you know, We Got It Going On and and, and stuff like that, you know?
1: And I did like that he came out in Nashville with Prayer, but I really wish he would have
0: started with I
1: Love This Town.
0: See, me too. And, and, and I so thought cool. it
1: would have been really appropriate.
0: Yeah, and it was so cool that I Love This Town was on the, as an audible. I was so bummed that they didn't play it, though. You know, but... um,
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought we might get a couple extra songs being the last show.
0: I thought so, too. Especially with Nashville, I thought we were going to get some maybe... I was hoping for I Love This Town, and so I was, I was like, glad it was on the set list, but it just, it didn't get played. But um, yeah, so like I said, I wish some songs would get interchanged with other ones, you know, because obviously you have to play the hits, you know, It's My Life, Born To Be My Baby, and 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 so forth. But songs like Just Older, Whole Lotta Leaving, Lost Highway, who says I go back and forth on, but those songs could be taken off and you wouldn't get an uproar, like, like Wanted, Wanted, you'd get an uproar. But if if you didn't play a whole lot of Leaver and Lost Highway or We Weren't Born to Follow, John could get away with that and put in a different song because we can or run away and, and stuff like that, you know? So I was kind of bummed that didn't happen.
1: And so. I even like, you know, from this house, Living with a Ghost, God bless this mess, yeah. you know, I, mean, I love those songs, you know? But, but oh. people who are not, people don't even know, like I said, you know, like somebody said oh they're playing all their new stuff well the original point was to uh promote the 2020 album you know so he of course he's going to play stuff from there
0: yeah I, I think they were excited to play some of those new songs too you know J- you know obviously you i think if you were in john shoes and you had to you've been playing these hits for 40 years you get sick of playing you know you want to play new stuff that you haven't played on stage before so um another i wish the encores were a little different too every night you know like like omaha they did um loves the only rule so you know on the encores would have been a great way to play new songs or not new songs but like songs that they, they, they never play um so i wish the encores were a little different like different songs to close the show like one night you close the show with bad medicine or, or the next night you close it with who says or prayer or all, all just different songs um yeah. but you know like the setlist was so predictable in this tour um you know, but the, 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 this is coming from two diehard fans obviously joe schmo who just goes to see them in one city that's that's good enough for them and they don't care this uh, you you and me here are sitting here thinking how we want all of our shows to be different because we do right one but um you know, it takes me to my next point too. The whole "I'll be there for you" um as an encore and leaving. You know, we we touched base on a little bit, but I love that. I think you know, yeah, it's great to see the the bows and and everything, but it's also kind of cool to see them do it a little differently. You know, now they could do like what they did in Nashville. Where they did their bowing, and then play the song, and then John waved goodbye. But I thought that was really good really cool how he did that, you know, just waving goodbye and stuff and then just disappearing and then the band kind of fade out in a way the first time that we'll what see did they do for the first time was that i think it was Austin wasn't it where John? no, it was St. Louis because I saw it it was St. Louis, okay. so I i wonder because i think i'll be there for you was just added like on a whim you know i think john called it it
1: was because they were all getting in and he said he turned around and he told every he lifted his finger up and went like this and and they they kind of all sat back down yeah
0: because i don't think it was even on the set list even as an audible i don't think it was i have to look back but either way you know so the I don't think the band was even expecting him to leave the stage at the end because because if you watch David, you know, when John leaves at the end of I'll Be There For You, David's was like looking down because he can see down backstage and he's looking, he's watching John because if you face the stage, the band usually comes in and leaves the right side of the stage. And so you watch David, you know, kind of watching and then he goes. (laughs) <laughs> you know, think okay. Yeah, yeah. no,
1: it was definitely they—they they didn't expect it. But I also like yeah. them ending with that song because I think it sends a message too. You know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which you know, yeah. Um, so, but you know, I, I, I thats where I like it being changed up, though. You know, not having the same typical show every night. It's changed up like like that. Perfect example. You know, and speaking of I'll be there for you, what you just said. After Nashville, after bawling my eyes out during that encore, you know, I mean, because I and I was there were so many fans that cried too, you know, with John's speech, him choking up for, you know, before this uh, I'll be there for you, and then actually performing it, you know, knowing that that was the last song of the last part of the tour. It was emotional and it it got me thinking oh my god can you imagine this is the actual last show last song that they're performing it makes you tear up and i i truly you know when that unfortunately when that final tour comes i truly truly think i'll be there for you is the perfect way to end the show and i'm sure john has thought about it now you know especially after this tour you know closing the shows with that song is perfect
1: and I felt like he didn't want to leave the stage any more than we wanted him to leave the stage oh, no. too.
0: Cause, and I even actually just watched uh, a video tonight before we did this podcast of him going back and forth. You know, like when he was walking and then, you know, he uh, just gets right back into it and goes, I'll be there for you. And, you know, and then, you know, when he goes down the stairs, I'll be there for you. Remember that. You know, that was, you know, that I, just, I got chills just even saying it. Or, know, or thank
1: you for loving me would be another, you know, yeah. send another kind of message.
0: Exactly. Never say goodbye. But I truly, yeah, yeah. I truly think I'll be there for you Would be a great, you know, maybe John was experiment. Maybe this takes me back to what I was saying about experimenting with different songs and see what works with the crowd. Maybe John is, you know, maybe. Thinking of a final tour and he played around with I'll be there for you and see how it would work out as a encore Song, you know, we we, we don't know until the next tour, but uh
1: Well, we know he's always thinking
0: Yep Next one. I want to talk about is the harmonica. I loved How much we got to see the harmonica this tour whether it was for um, Let it rain which that was a new addition um now, now that we're talking about additions too, I just want to mention how I was excited that we got a limitless solo, which isn't on the album, and a that we weren't born to follow outro as well. Which that was actually put into the um, end of this house tour, I, I believe, or at least that that private gig they did earlier this year. Actually, I think it was just for the private gig this year or last year that they did for that uh, Chrysler, I think it was. But so I was glad that they did the outro for We weren't born to follow that thing that phil x came up with but um but yeah so i was glad to see the harmonica added into end of let it rain i wish we could get a live version of that because i loved it i loved let it rain uh through the entire show or yeah. th- through the end of the song um and uh and then the way he now i am sick of american reckoning which we'll get into here in a second but I did love watching him do the harmonica in the beginning and at the end. Did you see the one video? I think it was Austin or Houston. It was one of the Texas shows, but he was playing the harmonica. And I don't know if maybe he just wasn't feeling good or if there was something wrong with the harmonica, but it kept going in and out. And so we he- just threw stopped. it. That he, was Houston. That was Houston, okay. So goes back to the med point of him not feeling good. I think he uh, just wasn't feeling good. Um, so, so I was glad to see the harmonica, and I would have never thought about the harmonica being played during Let It Rain. You know, listening to the album before the 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 tour.
1: Yeah, so, it sounded great, and you know, you got to remember the man just had COVID not too terribly long ago, and to breathe like that, you know, to th- th- to play the yeah. harmonica like that is not easy.
0: And I wish I would have put that in the segment of John's voice too. Yeah, you know, he had COVID too, and you know. Other singers, other people have said that their voice are, are, is just coming back a year after having COVID. You know, he he had it six months ago, yeah. so so the next part is the acoustic set. I was so as diehards. I remember when they showed that rehearsal photo doing the acoustic set. We were so excited. No, it was all speculation at the time, but we we knew damn well. Right. What, uh, yeah. yeah. And then obviously the the first. Um, few shows happened and they did the acoustics at i saw in milwaukee and rally i think it was only i think it was what six shows they did that in maybe five
1: i saw it in charlotte
0: charlotte so that was did the not, fourth they show. did
1: not do it in st louis
0: okay and i don't think they did it in florida the florida shows if i remember anyway but it, it was whether the six or seven show they stopped doing it and know but they played the same songs every night they did american lower the fly got done once or twice i I thought that i saw they did that too yeah which i i would have picked that over american reckoning now i like american reckoning i like what it stands for but i thought it got overplayed on this tour um the the sad part is a lot of people sat down for that song because i first off it's a new song to the general fans don't know it. So they just sit down, you know, and then they did the, we don't run. Well, a lot of people don't know we don't run either, unless you're a diehard fan, let alone it being an acoustic version. And I really liked how they supported Ukraine with that song too, you know, doing the acoustic and it was, it went to a special and all that. But I think with an acoustic set, with it being such a unique and fun feature, especially for the diehard fans, I, I I hate to say, it, but it's true. The acoustic set was a missed opportunity. Where they could have done different songs every night, you know, okay, keep the rest of the sa- the, the set list the same, but let's change up the uh, acoustic set. Let's do one night, it's hard letting you go, or all about loving you, or I want you or even acoustic version of Blaze of Glory, Never Say Goodbye, you know, something to believe in, um, lie to the diamond. There's
1: so Red. many, yeah.
0: There's so many that they could have changed, you know, give some of the diehard fans ability to see some of those songs again. But every night it was American Reckoning. We Don't Run. Saturday night. Saturday night they could have done the electric version here and there. But they could have played around with so many different songs. And one of the reasons why I think that the acoustic set was taken off was because the general fans didn't know American Reckoning and We Don't Run. So you didn't get a big... um, Yeah, Even the shows that I did, obviously we know all these songs, and I enjoyed the entire acoustic set, but I saw it in Milwaukee and Raleigh. American Reckoning and We Don't Run, people sat around looking around and weren't singing along. But once Saturday Night came on, people were up and having a good time and and singing along. So... so i think that's why the acoustic set stopped because there was no no audience response from it you know and so it, it it saddens me because that may this may be the last time we'll ever get an acoustic set like that
1: unless we do a runaway right <laughs>
0: yeah but this acoustic set like i said it was definitely a missed opportunity because this could have been the perfect way to add in different songs every night that were different like i said keep the set list the same if you will change the acoustic set up a little bit every night, play some of those ballads. You know, speaking of ballads, we only ever got, I'll be there for you in, in these arms once. That's the only ballads that we got, you know, and speaking of Better Roses, you know, yeah, you mentioned earlier that that was a crowd interaction song, that he could have done an acoustic. He could have done always acoustic that this stuff feels right version. Um, even some of the hits, you know, do wanted acoustic, you know, but I could go on and on about it. But what did you think? You're, of- you're
1: right. Because in St. Louis, when he did it, everybody, like, sat down. So the cheering was not as strong And until, you know.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it, it hurts me to think that if um, – obviously, the band was excited to do the acoustic set. It saddens me to think that John would have stopped it because of the poor crowd response. But I'm sure he knows, too, you know, American crowds are unfortunately all about the hits. You know, eighty percent of that arena are just general fans that just want to go for the hits. I, I get it because when I go to see Def Leppard or Poison or, or any other band that I'm into, but not a diehard fan of, I just want the hits. I don't know the deep stuff. Fans like you and me, obviously, we want the the deep stuff. Right. But John's got a balance between the general fans the diehard fans, and himself. You know, for him, it's all the new stuff. For us, it was radio and just older and loves the only role. And for the general fans, it was 90% of the set list.
1: Well, and again, like you're saying, you know, diehard fans and new fans. Like I told you, my friend who'd never gone to a Bon Jovi concert who lives in Charlotte, she was way ahead of the game. She started listening to stuff. I made her a list of what I thought he might sing off the 2020 album and she recognized it and she was prepared, but that's not the norm.
0: Yeah, exa- exactly. So, you know, it, it sad me because I even started in Nashville too, when they were doing American, right. Re- you know, a lot of people just sat in their seats and looked around and they were, I hate using this word, but bored. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm surprised American Reckoning was, you know, every tour, every album, there's always a favorite of John's. You know, like, what about now? His favorite was Amen. Um, this house was scars on this guitar. You know, on this album and tour, American Reckoning was his favorite. I, I would have thought Story of Love would have been the one played almost every night. You know, because they promoted that the most. They John spoke so highly of it. We got it one time, and I don't want to brag here. All right, all right. <laughs> I got to see it in Raleigh, and I thought, wow, they should do this every night.
1: Yeah, well, like, I was really hoping to see that in Nashville because I thought that would be so cool to have the images of the family. Like, like, I've watched that video quite a bit because I just yeah. love seeing that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, hopefully in the future, you know, hopefully – we get an acoustic set again we get those deep tracks, you know kind of like what they did for the circle tour they did that during the circle tour when they did the acoustic set they came out and did deep stuff like it's hard letting you go in london or something for the pain and all, all, all this stuff it just I, I could go on so let me let me move on <laughs> uh, another thing that i noticed too and i wonder if it is the if it was the arena sign but at the Bridgestone arena in nashville it's, and the band did a TikTok. so there's tico david hugh shanks and phil that did it there no john yeah. wasn't in the video Neither i think everyone was in the video anyway if you notice phil i would like to say purposefully kneels down so you can see the, the world t- tour the world tour uh the, the other band members covered but i don't know if it was the arena that made that sign or if it was actually a hint. Because it's ironic how we, you know, they've had this TikTok account for the whole month. And it's ironic how last show we get a little tease about World Tour. But if we are, if there are to be more dates, I think it's just kind of like what John said this month was, just to kind of test the waters and see how well they do. It's gonna be international, it, it would I would imagine. And it won't be until november december because phil's schedule is booked through november
1: i thought he's october november was skid
0: row yeah and you know the band members have other commitments too that aren't out yet so you know i think that they'll test the waters just to kind of get warmed up but the big the big picture is next year you know getting ready for that and stuff so um my my last things too Other songs I wish that they would have played off of 2020 was Brothers in Arms, Shine, Love Can, and Unbroken. I would have thought Love Can or Unbroken would have gotten played. Unbroken would have been great for uh, an acoustic set. Actually, all those songs, Shine, Love Can, I I, I thought Love Can would have been a great way to, kind of like I'll Be There For You, finish the show with Love Can. Problem is, though, how many fans actually know Love Can? Yeah. Well, and
1: I thought uh, Unbroken would have been something that would have been more familiar because they promoted it with the movie so much. And even if you didn't have the album, you, you'd recognize it.
0: Yeah. I hate saying it, though, but I don't think a lot of fans, the gen, I'm saying general fans here, I don't think they would know Unbroken. Yeah, but that doesn't give it a reason for the band not to play it. Um, either Either way, I think. Uh, Love can would have been a great way to close the show too But like I said fans know I'll be there for you more than love can so you you want to leave the stage with the whole audience Tied to that song to sing along and stuff love can love can I think would be better for a runaway trip you know, I, I you know as a as a closer, but you know, at the end of the day, I really, really, really did enjoy this tour. I thought it was great. I was glad to see my favorite band again. I was excited to see my friends. I was excited, excited to make new friends like you. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, that's the big takeaway, too. It's like I did two VIPs, and I've never done VIPs before because I've never been able to
0: yeah.
1: pay for it. But they were both a little bit different. I met different people. It was so cool to be part of that. But like that day we spent with all you guys, I walked away from there thinking god it's so nice to have people who are on the same page and i feel like i've made lifelong friends and you know we walked away from there thinking god it feels like i've known you forever and we only met today which was really cool
0: yeah yeah and that's that's where i i am now with you know with the tour is you know yeah the the it's so fun to see your favorite band on stage for two three hours but you know, like for Nashville, for example i was there all weekend the highlights for me was seeing all my friends and just being able to spend time with you and other people and just to me that's what's so great is is making friends from this band and i, I tell you some of these friends i have because of this band i talk to every day yeah. um so
1: well, and it's an excuse to make a vacation out of it. Like, I haven't been to California since I was 18 years old. So if they play the West Coast, I've got somebody to stay with. And then we'll go see a show and I'll sightsee, you know. So if you look at the big picture.
0: Yeah. And uh, that's what I tell Rachel, my, my wife, as I say, you know, I love going to different states. Because I, I went to cities I've never seen them. I've never seen them in Milwaukee. I've never seen them in Raleigh. I've never seen them in Nashville. So I uh, said, so I want to see them in different cities because you also get – a taste, excuse me, um, I a taste of a different city and stuff and try new things, trying new food. You know, like Milwaukee is like the, uh, they're known for their custard and their cheese curds and all that. So I remember when I went to Milwaukee, my friend Pam took me to the best. And I, I'm crazy about ice cream. I love ice cream. And my friend Pam took me to the best place uh that's known for ice cream and it's truly best ice cream i've ever had so so yeah, that's, that's an idea of you know why it's so great to go to different cities right
1: like, and doing the t- backstage tour of the grand ol Opry, i'm not technically a country music fan but it was so impressive and i've been wanting to do it for a long time so it was you know
0: exactly you know so but you know, to, to kind of you know i want to add one i want to add one thing too about the tour um i want to add a, the visuals i thought were really cool too um obviously, they used the same stage setup as they used for this house. You know, and, and same thing with band member replacement. I didn't notice that Hugh was actually in, on in the front now. he wasn't in the back like he was on the last toy right. So I thought that was cool. um but the as far as the visual effects, I thought were really cool, you know with the the lighting, perfect example is the way that they did let it rain. I loved those four giant screens. And it looked like a window pane with rain dripping down. I thought that was so cool. So the yes. visual effects were pretty cool on this tour. Um, you know, the, I don't know what they were, but like, like little. You saw them going up, like especially for like "It's My Life." They came up. It's like a slinky in a way. Yeah. I I, I sound like a fool here, but um, I thought that was pretty cool too. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool stage. Anything you want to add about the tour? No, I did. like I said, I
1: was so glad to see three different shows. You know, beginning, middle, end, and got to see different views. You know, sitting higher up and sitting in the second row, and then sitting in the middle, and just I, I loved it. I can't wait for the next one. I i I'm already picking up a shift so I can start saving my money.
0: Yep, exactly. I told I told my wife we're, we're saving and we're saving up for next year. So.
1: I said, that's why I said, I guess I'll keep putting off paint in my house because I got to p- keep paying for Bon
0: Jovi concerts. <laughs> exactly. Because one day we won't have Bon Jovi. I know. I and know. Then you do have time to paint. So anyway, Elaine, th- uh, don't hang up I'll, I'll end the recording here. But I want to thank you again for coming on today. I was trying to think of who I'd want to come on. And I remember just our conversation uh, at the Pancake Pantry and stuff. And I kind of thought. She'd be perfect to do it. So,
1: well, thank you. I'm really flattered, Jerry.
0: Good, good, good. So, stay on. Thank you again for coming on. Okay.
1: Thank you.